everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Wow. Stay tuned to the end for the amount of times it took us to do that intro that we do every week, yet it's still challenging. For years. Yeah. For years. For years. Almost four years coming up. If anyone has any ideas for our anniversary, let us know. I don't have anything. I feel like I should be getting you a gift. I got, I'm writing it down. Yeah. So this episode is not the episode that aired on Friday. We normally try to do the most recent Dateline that airs, unless it's really sad. And I know what you're thinking. All murder is sad, but sometimes it's sadder than the others. So this is- And I knew we weren't going to do it. I knew in my heart. I watched some of it. Did you hear how she was a kidney donor who was murdered shortly after donating her kidney to a stranger? My mom said, is it a good one for your podcast? (laughs) She knew. And I said, well, it's about friendship, so I don't think Kimberly will want to do it. <laughs> no, I'll be uncomfortable. <laughs> no, there was a twist that I thought was coming. I thought the sister was having an affair with the husband and maybe the sister killed her. And I was like, oh, we're definitely doing this. I can get past the kidney stuff. I really am into this. But it turned out to be a red herring. So Also, being a kidney donor is wonderful. That's why I, I want to do we're it. We're not saying it's not wonderful. That is a wonderful thing. It's so wonderful that it makes it doubly sad that she was murdered incredibly sad right so instead we you picked a fantastic episode that's really fascinating so go watch this thank you it's called phony rockefeller and it is one of many older episodes classics that are on the peacock app for free so go watch it is Mm -hmm. season 21 episode 33 it aired on april 17th 2013 but those dates are always subjective to what site yeah. you were going to. So good luck. But yeah, it's called Phony Rockefeller. Phony Baloney. This can't be the only title. It's a really weird title. Phony. He's a big phony, see? It's a phony baloney, see? Yeah, it really. I'm going to kick him right in the keister, see? Why does it have such a Gatsby title? I don't know. She's a phony, but she's a real phony. What's that from? I don't know. Is she a phony? It's from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, nice. I'm really hoping that line isn't, she's a fake, she's a real fake. I really hope he says phony because I'm going to be super embarrassed if I misquote <laughs> that. Wow. Okay. So this is hosted by someone that is not Josh Vanquitz, not our people. Mike. I didn't like this one bit. Tybee? Tybee? Tyini. Tyini. No, I Googled it. It's with Bs. I first wrote it with N's. Okay, so it's Mike Taibbi. And it's with Bs. And he is big time in journalism. He won an Emmy Award and Edward Murrow Awards and things like that. I apologize in advance for being very mad that he is not Dennis Murphy or Keith Morrison. I don't know him. Sorry, Mike. I don't know her. I don't know your thing. He doesn't go to this school. Yeah, he doesn't even go here. He has no style that I could stitch onto a cross stitch. And have a theme. Like, he doesn't have a thing. Well, we don't know him yet. He might have a thing. We sure. Just, we don't We don't know what it know is. Him. But this was, I feel like, earlier in Datelines where they don't add as much of their personality to the episodes. But somebody comes later that we do know, which I felt very comfortable with, and I was happy about that. You're, you're right. But really, Josh Mankiewicz, who once in a Dateline episode said, if bad decisions were money, she would have been a Rockefeller. So he should have hosted this episode. Also, Andrea would have nailed this episode. Andrea would have done a great job at this episode. Absolutely. They all would. And Mike, you're fine. We just don't, we're just bitter. Yeah, we just don't know you. And so we're, you know, we're trying to figure you out. Yes. And we only have an hour. Yeah, it's not enough time. There's only so much we can figure out. Yeah, we have years of history with these other hosts, so. True. And also Lester Holt at the beginning is in a rain jacket and a tie. 
No vest. Yeah. Very confused. There you go. I liked that. Where's the vest? We are in San Marino, California, early 1980s. John Soez. We learned that he was a mama's boy and a nerd. His friends say they were both into Star Trek. And then we see some photos of Star Trek in case we didn't know what Star Trek was. They were in middle school comparing theories about warp speed travel. I love it. But then he discovered love. Her name was Linda, which means after their first date, she wrote him a Yelp review that said, he was funny. I had a great time, but the restaurant was out of capers. So I'm giving John a two. Highly recommend dating him, giving him a two. P.S. My compression socks aren't working anymore. (laughs) We'll update soon. (laughs) One star. They were opposites. He was shy. She was outgoing. He was short. She was six feet. I love a six feet gal. Love it. Yeah, me too. They got married on Halloween. And then we learn that his mom was a character. All the interviewees talk smack about John's mom. And we get one picture, the grainiest picture of all time. Just one. I was like, please show me another picture. I need to see a different shot of her. Mm-hmm. Later years, because we only get like an early mom shot. I want current photo. The host, Mike, why aren't you Josh Mankiewicz, says very politely, she enjoyed a cocktail early and often on many days. And then the friend just straight up says she was a drunk. Her name was Dee Dee. I generally love Dee Dee's. Me too. I want to like this Dee Dee because Dee Dee's fab. I just, who doesn't love a Dee Dee? We don't know. Linda, the wife, hated her mother-in-law, but they had to live with her in this house that is so gorgeous, even though they keep saying money was tight and they could only afford this little house with the guest house on the property. I was very confused. I don't understand the 80s or finances, apparently. No. Well, I think you need to explain to our friends what San Marino is. And if you don't know, I will. You please. You go. I just lived adjacent to San Marino. Definitely not in San Marino because I can't afford it. But it's sort of this beautiful, rich area by Pasadena, which is in itself a beautiful area. So you're thinking the Bel Air to Beverly Hills, San Marino is the beautiful area attached to Pasadena where all the huge houses are that you drive through and then pick out the house and you're like, oh, I want that one one day or oh, that one. It's that area. So how are they living here on a tight budget? They just got married. Young kids. Uh, Maybe the drunk mom has some money. I don't don't think L.A. was as, as expensive then. I'm furious at all of my family for not purchasing property in L.A. if they could ever afford it. Because right now, like a one bedroom goes for a bazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. killing me. So eventually they started making money. They bought a new truck. They planned a very fun sounding road trip with their friend Sue to go to a sci fi convention. I'm in. I think that sounds fun. I would be there, even though I don't know much about sci fi. I would want to learn. You've been to Comic-Con. Yeah, that's true. That's not all sci-fi. But I watched Dark on Netflix. How many times can I name drop that I watched Dark on Netflix in German? I'm so smart. Okay, so we're seeing all these photos of them from the 80s. And John and his friend and then John and Linda, you could see them fighting a Demogorgon on Stranger Things. Like they would be the friends that would call up that science teacher in episode in the first season and talk to him about science while he's on a date. And he's like, sure, I'll talk to you kids at home. And he's like smoking a cigarette in a Camaro. Uh, yeah, my it's the home phone yeah. line. That's not weird. This thick phone. Yeah. Uh huh. I, I love that. 
teacher? They, it's so typical perfection. The perms, everything. Everything is perfect. The glasses. Oh, yeah, we'll get to it in Fashion Police. But yeah, this was brilliant. But before this sci-fi convention, Sue gets a call from Linda saying, we're going to New York because John has a secret government job interview. I can't tell you anything. I don't know anything. I can't tell you anything. But we'll be back in two weeks in time for the road trip and the convention. And Sue is like, you better because I've made us all Spock ears and I've been painting my skin green because I needed my skin to acclimate to the dye and the paint so I don't get sick like the Wizard of Oz Tin Man. I don't know if she said that. I don't know if there's a green person on Star Trek. It seems like there should be. So they didn't make it back in time for the sci-fi convention. So Sue is sitting there dressed up and painted blue like I just blew myself. Very sad. She's not. Crying. There's no avatar in literally blue <laughs> those days. And she calls John's mom, Dee Dee. And she, on this dateline, does a very drunken impression of John's mom, which is not very nice because clearly Dee Dee has a problem. But she makes her sound like Miss Hannigan in the bathtub, drunk, like <laughs> <laughs> smashing bottles. Jesus <laughs> She's oh, like, they're not here. They left me for Paris. And Sue's like, Paris, California. And she's like, Paris, France. And so Sue is very confused. And another weird thing is that Linda has abandoned her beloved cats at a cat hotel, which is Katie's future job. You could start a cat hotel. Which job? No, I'm not doing that. I have enough work with my own cats. I don't need to be taking care of other people's cats who are very particular. If you're boarding your cat in a cat hotel. Yeah, they have a particular brush strokes that need to happen with the grain. They have special foods that have to be mashed, mashed and, and or blended injected and into the cat. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, no, mm. we're not doing that. No, so you. Linda's family is very worried about her. So they file a police report. Dee Dee tells the police they aren't missing. They're traveling for a secret job interview. Although she probably said for a secret job interview. And it's all very hush. hush. <laughs> I can't tell you. She has a problem. So she, they're on a secret mission. No one seems to know what it is. The police officer is still very suspicious. He goes to the property, talk to Dee Dee, the mom, and then he sees the guest house. He goes to knock on the guest house to see if they know anything. The tenant opens the door, butt naked, and it was Idris Elba. So it was all okay. No. It was the phony Rockefeller, now known as Christopher Chichester. Chichester? Chichester? Are you chichitting me? Which, for which, first of all, just sounds like a drunk name. Chichester. Like it, you can't even say it. Chichester. Ch say it to me. Chichester. Chichester. Okay. Because I remember thinking, "Are you chichitting me?" And that's the only way I can remember it in my head, even though that also makes no sense. I was so confused at this point because I thought that John of John and Linda was our main guy. So did I. Was the phony Rockefeller. Yes, me too. But then when they showed the phony Rockefeller, I'm like, that's the guy that we've been seeing in the previews for the episode at the beginning. So I'm an idiot. It all falls into place at approximately six minutes in. Yeah. So there we go. But I was like, oh, I thought... Why were we getting all this backstory on John and how nerdy he was? I thought he was our guy. 
it, he's not our guy. Well, there's a victim. We know there's going to be a victim. So now we've we're sort of getting the players. But we had seen the photos of phony Rockefeller in the preview. <laughs> Many photos. Sure have. And then I never looked at that photo of John that we see and go, hey, that doesn't look like the same guy. In this moment, my self-esteem that's usually so strong has plummeted briefly. I'm second guessing my intellect and my ability to host the show. So I contact my therapist at BetterHelp. BetterHelp can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home or guest house, which is something that was unheard of in the 80s. In the 80s, if you were stressed because your friends have disappeared on a top secret job interview, you couldn't see a therapist in your house. You could sometimes see a therapist in their house, like on Growing Pains. But I always thought that was a not well thought out situation that would only lead to strife. But with better help and current technology, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like you're the host of a podcast about Dateline and you've completely missed a very simple plot point. And you, like the phony Rockefeller, have imposter syndrome and need a pep talk from your therapist. Get it? Imposter syndrome? Because he's actually an imposter? Okay, thanks. Very smart. Thanks. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, trust issues with your spouse that you'll most certainly develop after watching this dateline. If you're struggling with any of these or just general life problems that you could use help with, BetterHelp can help. It's easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. Please contact them today because we want all of you to start living a happier life. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Also, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it is extra important now take charge of your mental health. Because you know what, Kimberly? What, Katie? We can all use a little better help. In Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes, it's the month that this is very important. It's very important. Check them out, guys. Please check them out. Thank you, BetterHelp. Christopher Chichester. There we go. Doesn't seem to know anything about where John and Linda are. Everyone is worried. Sue even says she thinks something is afoot because she is in a 40s gumshoe novel. Then postcards start arriving from the couple in France. Okay. So they're fine. End of episode. Sue is so relieved, but she's also confused. She starts to think maybe they're in witness protection, which is wrong because they would not be allowed to send those postcards. But I like that she's thinking outside the box. No, I do too. I I appreciate that. I think we could be friends with Sue because we could do a lot of analyzing of the situation. Sue was great. I liked Sue a lot. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. But a few months later, Dee Dee suddenly calls the police and now she's distraught, probably drunk, saying her tenant, Christopher Chichester, has, I can't, sounds wrong every time. It does. Has moved out. And he's the one that's been telling her about this secret overseas missions and such. And so now that he's disappeared, she has lost her only contact to her son. And now the only other person that knew where he was is also gone. So she's freaking out. Yeah. Christopher Chichester 
apparently had a great group of friends in the area, and they think this is one of his funny, fantastical adventures. And they show us a lot of loosely photos of him, which, if you're new here, it's my biggest pet peeve. Put those photos in an album. Well, people aren't albuming their photos of their old that old guy Chris that used to live in that pool house. They're they're not that he doesn't qualify. They were friends with him. They printed those photos. But because it was in a roll, Kimberly, it's in a roll of film. So then that's just going in the, you know, the shoebox of pictures that don't get added to the album. It does not surprise don't me. Don't get so you have two systems. You have a a main photo album and then the rejects you don't throw away, you keep them in a box. You don't throw away, right. Okay, I gotcha. So what's very confusing, and maybe we'll save some of this for Fashion Police, but just to paint a picture of him, he looks like a pedophile, but it's very... Can you say that? Yeah, I think you could say that. He has the cardigan and the tinted lenses in his glasses all the time, and it's hard because this was also the 80s, and everyone kind of looked like a pervert in the 80s. So I think it would be a funny game in future episodes of Dateline that have to do with the 80s if we play a game called Pervert. (laughs) Pervert? Question mark. Question mark. (laughs) Look, it's hard because he's got that kind of hair where you're either doing like one of three looks in the 80s. You're doing that mullet from Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. doing just sort of that wild man, like grown out from the 70s. Like you're like a hair rocker. Do you know what I'm talking about? My two dads, the wild dad. That wasn't the uptight dad. Or you're doing, if your hair is on the thinner side, it's tightly neat, tight and right. And then it's parted and slicked like Marty McFly. And that's not, that's the pervert hair. I'm sorry if you do that hair for yourself. It's, it's pervert hair. It's, you got pervert hair, sir, sir, that is pervert hair. Also, those tinted lenses do not help. No, those tinted lenses, though, are also like Benicio Del Toro lenses. I mean, they're cool in the right circumstances, but those with that particular hair, it's just a big ball of perf. Also, Johnny Depp wears them in Fear and Loathing. They're just like a different... Again, I love ombre. You're forgetting about the ombre thing. So I love gradient lenses. So I get real excited when I see them. But I understand that the ones with the flat wire frame, that like that aviator style that are gradient... With that hair. Yeah. Perv ball. Yeah. (laughs) Julia started wearing them on 90 Day Fiance. And there was a meme that was like, she looks like she wouldn't be allowed amongst children at the local mall. Oh, I'm getting some of those frames. And I expect you to tell me (laughs) the truth. That wire rim speaks, the wire rim across the eyebrows speaks volumes. And what it says is, can I talk to your child? (laughs) Do you know what also it makes everyone look like? That bird that comes out in the Muppets that goes, you are all morons. Yes. That bird. Yes. The blue eagle. That's what it makes you look like. So just know that those frames make you look furious at all times. Like Mm -hmm. a furious pervert. Furbert. (laughs) Furbert. So his friends thought he was incredibly smart and witty. He told them he was a film student at USC and he would walk around with scripts under his arms. To which I said, barf. Barf City. And I used to be one of those people, so I can speak of that. But you didn't wear gradient lenses and cardigans, and you did not have that hair. So we forgive you. You're fine. Thank you. He and his friends saw Double Indemnity, 
which is the famous movie about plotting a murder. And he thought it was the best movie. And his friend Dana loves to do impressions of him. And she's very, she's doing this very dramatic impression of him that is much like stage mom Kelly from last week, but <laughs> now maybe British. Yeah, he has an accent, right? It's very slight. It's like someone who's trying to get over their accent or grew up in England, but then moved to the States in high school. Okay. Her impression of him is like, Dana, we have to go see Double Indemnity. Dana. And it's very over the top. I could take Chesterton in very small doses. Yeah, I don't know why they're friends with him, but they hung out all the time. He had a pool house. That's why. Wait a minute. Question. Did anybody mention that he had an accent? No, they just said he said he was British. This becomes important. (laughs) It's a bit like like. Yolanda on 90 Day Fiance when she was dating that guy who was British. And then when we all heard the voice. Williams. 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 Yeah. I am not Uh, familiar. When she was on the phone, I love that sexy British accent. And then the daughter looks to the camera. And all of us looked to the camera and said, that is not a British accent. Not even remotely. Not one word was said in an accent, Yolanda. No, he is from Africa. I hate to tell you. I could could not watch that season. It was painful. That that drove me nuts. So Chester says that he is also not just British. No, Chris. I'm calling him Chester. He was a British royalty, a baronet. He was like royal light. To be specific, he was a 13th baronet, which sounds like you're part of an orchestra. You're 13th baronet. It definitely does. I play 13th baronet, which is sad that you'd be bragging about it because I feel like the higher the numbers go. Yeah, 13 chair is not good. Yeah. He passed out business cards with some sort of crest on them, which looks like a two-headed dog with a phoenix on top. It's all very Harry Potter. And it says something which I thought was Latin and I Gave it a bing, and it means nothing. So he either spelled it wrong, or I'm reading it wrong. I hope he made it up. I hope he just made it up. I really hope he made it up. But also, I had to pause many times because the Roman numerals. Because it sounds like his name is Chris Chichester the 13th. Is, is it But then the it's a comma BR, well, which this is, is just... baronet, I guess. But no one's going to question it. No one in California is going to question it. There was no internet. How did he, How I was going to say, how did he figure out what a baronet was before the internet? So he like went to the library <laughs> right? and checked out books yeah. on British royalty lineage mm-hmm. to figure. I thought a Man. baron was a baron, like baron. I thought it was, I didn't think it was a baronet. I, I did, didn't either. I'm very, whatever. Are there lower dukes? Are there like, you're a sixth duke? And then are you a duquette? A ducat? You're a ducat. Countesset? Ca- Count, countess A? Countess C? Can Luanne de Lesseps call us? Yeah, we're going to... I have questions, yeah. His friends, however, did not question it. They were impressed by him. He would dazzle them with his stories. He said that he bought a castle in England and wanted to ship it to California brick by brick. And they believed all this. They didn't believe it. I don't think they believed it. I think it was one of those friends that you kind of knows fibs a little bit or like embellishes. Oh, I had one of those. Yeah. But. Yeah. Or as we say now, pathological liar. <laughs> exactly. But in the 80s, it was called, well, he sometimes lied a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's quirky. Yeah. 
He would host game nights and parties at his house, even though he lived in the guest house, but he would go in and out of the main house freely. And he told his friends, they're away. They don't, they wouldn't care. Plus, Dee Dee was in the house, but she was old and drunk, so she didn't care if he was coming and going. It sounded like Dee Dee was sequestered in the house, which I had a lot of questions about. Like in a basement or an attic? I Where is Dee Dee? We have no pictures. There was one double date we did where the grandma, who we thought might be a Nazi, was in this. No, we were definitely sure. Definitely she sure Nazi. she was a Nazi because yes. she had a German accent and seemed very mysterious, like she had a past. And she said very ominous things. And they kept her in that little room and she never left. They would put her food like on the floor and then push it in like she was in prison. That was really creepy. Yeah. Ugh. So maybe that's where Dee Dee was. Unfortunately for all of us and for her, she died a few years later. Someone bought the property and decided to put in a pool. Now we're getting cracking. Okay. Yeah. Someone starts digging up the backyard to put in this pool and they find skeletal remains. Oh boy. And it's John. It's John who we thought was the phony Rockefeller. John who was the nerd. Love sci-fi. Love him. He was killed from blows to the back of the head and six stab wounds in the back. So brutal. Mm -hmm. The homicide team comes in. They're looking for Linda. They're digging up more of the backyard thinking they're going to find Linda. Linda is still missing. And so is Cece from the guest house. Coco Chanel. Chester Chip. Cece? Chris, Chris Chichester. Okay. Chris Chichester. Chichester. One of them is the killer. And in, this is in Sleepy San Marino, so everyone is saying, this doesn't happen here. This never happens here. Mark it off your bingo cards. It's huge news. Mm -hmm. This is where you can tell this was an old dateline because our new datelines, I think, are very speedy. They don't repeat a lot of information. They throw a lot of information at you. But this one spent about five minutes being like, where was Linda? Where was Christopher? They were looking for Christopher and Linda. So if it's if Linda's missing, then maybe Christopher is the killer. If Christopher's missing, maybe Linda's the killer. One of them might be the killer. Or one of them might know something. It was imperative. We find them. My fingers got a break from typing. It was nice. I was just going to say that Kimberly got a break. I was like, yes, we're all following along just fine. I know I was confused earlier. I'm still embarrassed about it, but I'm delighted to hear that you were confused as well about who the phony Rockefeller was. Oh, yeah, I, totally. I bought it. I was writing down all the information because I was sure that that was him. I was like, this is our guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he changes his appearance a lot. A lot. And then, no, absolutely Different not. Different guy. So they start thinking, well, maybe it's Linda. Linda was a large woman who could have overtaken her husband. No, thank you. I take offense to that. I take offense to that as a large woman myself, as one time being referred to as Big Katie for a year in college. I take high offense and no thank you. I was sir. offended for you. Thank you. Good day, sir. Yeah. So the police think maybe it's Linda, but they start getting a bunch of tips from people saying you should look into Christopher. And it's this group of friends that now that he's disappeared, they start to think, huh. So even Dana says, you know, he was a manipulator. He was looking for a free lunch. He was always like mooching on my food, which is not does not mean he's a murderer, Dana, just because he liked your cooking. But fine. I don't. But he didn't ask outright. She said he was passive aggressive about it. He would lean in and be like, "Ooh, that smells good. No. Again, that doesn't make you a murderer. It makes you annoying. It's true. 
That's true. And then your haircut makes you a pervert. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he already had the scripts under his hand. So he's a blowhard and obnoxious. The scripts make it just arrogant. Blowhard, furious pervert. <laughs> Bluffurbert. Bluffurbert. Yeah. Oh, then we get to the bad stuff. Turns out he's a total pervert for real. I knew his looks were giving it away, but he actually is. Apparently, he would hit on younger girls as young as 12, like friends' sisters, and inappropriate. So now we know where to find him. He's no, not inappropriate, criminal. Criminal. So all you have to do is look at current U.S. congressman because he's obviously there. So, oh my Lord, prison. He might be in prison, but he's white, so probably not. So now we know at at least the answer to our game pervert or just the 80s. Pervert. Pervert. Ding, ding, ding. They search the guest house and they find blood spots. But this is still in the 80s. They don't know if it's human or animal. Not sure why it would be animal. But we have missing people. In this suburban guest house. Missing people, blood spots, and a skeleton underground. Let's assume that it's blood. Let's make an assumption. So a detective finds out that Christopher had taken John Linda's truck. Somehow this truck that belonged to John and Linda had wound up in Connecticut somehow. And he's changed his name to Christopher Crow, who is working on Wall Street. He apparently directed Almost Famous. Maybe. He had a long pick a name habit. And they all did seem to be C names. So next would be Cameron Crow. Like, he loved the C names. He wasn't British or royalty. He was German. And he liked to change his identity. And now he's disappeared again. So many years go by. We see through our footage that we are going through the horrible fashion of the 80s and 90s and into the late aughts when women dressed professionally and comfortable. And it was all the rage. Where women dressed comfortable and professional at the same time. I know what's comfortable and professional for right now. What? Is it Beta Brand? It is. And that is around the time when Beta Brand made its emergence. I gave it a bing and looked up when their company started. And it was the late aughts? It was the late aughts. Yes. Here we go. So Beta Brand came on the scene with their customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, which are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants. They are made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric, which means you can wear them from day to night, from a top secret job interview mission to jet setting to Paris to digging a hole in your backyard. They've got you covered. They have tons of styles like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped that are perfect for summer. You can wear them with heels or with tennis shoes. What is the word I'm looking for? Flexibility, basically, is what Beta Brand is giving you. They give you flexibility of style. There you go. Beta Brand, the website, super cool. I go to it all the time and I look at the new things because literally they have new stuff constantly. Love it. And they have this future concepts tab where you can vote on what they are going to make next. And it gives you the sense that you have some sort of control in your life. At least that's what I use it for. And I think it's totally healthy. I click, I like the flutter sleeves on that top. My voice shall be heard. (gasps) I have an opinion and it matters. Love it. Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants. 
Go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta brand. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta brand. Beta. Beta brand. With flexibility.com. What did you say? I said betabrand.com because I don't want to say just pants. The pants are a top seller, but you should check out all the other stuff they have because they have a lot of wares on there. They have tops. They have everything. Skirts. Check them out, guys. Thank you so much, Beta Brand. Thank you, Beta Brand. So then we find out this is where everything comes to a head. And Christopher Christofferson's cruise. What are you trying to say? I was trying to say facade, but it kept coming out with a C. Chris Christopherson's cracks in his facade come to light. Yes. I did it for Through you. a family drama playing out in Boston, a custody battle made national headlines because of the name at the center of it. And then we see, because we've been scared because of this Mike, you are not Dennis Murphy guy, we see our Dateline's own Natalie Morales on the news. Yay! Seeing someone you know, it's like being lost in New York City, and then you see someone you know, and you're like, ah, my home, Natalie Morales. Yeah, it helped. It helped. She's saying a man insisting his name is Rockefeller, which was that shade. Yes. Yeah. Everyone yes. in California sees Rockefeller's picture on the news because of this custody thing and says, that's Chichester. What's going on here? Then we see Meredith Vieira, who also felt like home, even though she has no connection to Dateline, but she's part of the NBC family. She's talking about the new case in Boston. So Clark Rockefeller, yes, of those Rockefellers, which is apparently what he would say when he would introduce himself. Yes, of those Rockefellers. No. Was C.C. Chesterton. He was married to a big money business consultant named Sandra Boss, and she's a boss lady. That's convenient. Yeah. That's a great business card. Mm-hmm. Boss. I'm Sandra Boss. Comma, boss. Now, underneath Sandra Boss, it would just say boss again. Sandra Boss. Sandra. Boss. CEO and boss. <laughs> okay, done. They were divorcing after 12 years because I forgot that it's been that long because it literally has been all through the 80s and the 90s. And we are in 2008 now, I believe. So they are in a bitter custody battle. And in the midst of it, he kidnaps his daughter. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Apparently, he and the daughter and the social worker, because he had supervised visits, were walking down the street. An SUV pulled up. He pushes the social worker down on the ground, grabs his daughter, and jumps in the SUV. She's fine, the social work. Oh, so it was super planned. It was super planned and a full-on kidnapping. Wow. The daughter's nickname. All right, Chesterton. The daughter's nickname is Snooks. Bloody's here. Where's the beach? Is that what you were waiting for? I'm a good person. When are you doing that for Halloween? I'm just tired of it. We're going to do it this year. We're doing Snooky and Jaywell. I know. I need hair dye. No, just I'll get you a wig. We're doing okay. it this year. She's not on the show anymore. Does, what is the hair dye? It's that you're that committed? She's a businesswoman now. She is like, I'm above. I'm aware. Jersey. But we're going to do Snooky at Jersey Shore. We're going to do season one Jersey Shore characters. Not the mom who something. seems to have her life together and is setting good boundaries with the other cast members. We're doing hot mess Snooky. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do Snooky before she had her babies. Pre-babe. And then 
what is the daughter's actual name? No idea. I mean, I'm sure they are trying to keep it private, but Snooks is a, that reminds me of a hoity-toity, like a nickname that you have for someone. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a high society where somebody has a cute nickname, like yes. Chip or yes. like, yeah, I love that. We have a few in my family, but Snooks is particularly good. There was one girl on one of the, I think it was DC Housewives, mm-hmm. and she was named Lolly. Yes. Like Tippy. Right. I knew a Skip when I was growing up. His name is not Skip, but I, he was never known as anything other than Skip. But that was his nothing to do with his name. His name was Richard. Call me Tipper. Tipper? Well, Kimber is cute, though. I We, we should go with the Kimber and just make that happen. It's not happening. It, it is happening. Just slowly. We, it, you you got to give it time. You can't happen in one week. You also can't push it yourself because that's really sad. I'm going to have to get on social media and pretend to be someone else and start calling you that. <laughs> like, but make a lot of fake accounts. If there are a lot of cat accounts that start calling you that, you know what's happening. And then somebody who's very bad at it, whose name is Olivier, then you you know. You'll know what's going on. We're pushing it from this house. I lo- Okay, I lo- I'm going to track the IP addresses. Adam, can you take a note that maybe you want to help out from your social media account? We need some help pushing through this nickname. Thanks so much. So mom, Sandra, goes on the news to beg to get her daughter back. Also, she does call her daughter Snooks on the thing. She says, please bring back Snooks. So that is what they call her. That's her name straight up. She is a skip. That's her name. So Sandra is also in the midst of this, just finding out her husband is not who he said he was this whole time. So she's doubly shocked. He was actually. I can't. Oh, boy. Christian. Gerhardt's writer. Christian Carter. Gerhardt Schreiter. Gerhardt Schreiter. German. Christian Carter. Gerhardt Schreiter. Okay, perfect. Normally I'd be more concerned about not offending anyone, but it's him. We don't care. I'm not. Who are we offending? What, with my accent, with my bad German? I did the best I could. Mine as well. No, I get a D for trying. Absolutely. But again, another C name. Christian. So he's been... Christian, Christopher, Carter. Clark. Clark, because he was Clark Rockefeller. You got to get off those C names. You sound like a Duggar at this point. You're full on a a, a Jeremiah Duggar. No, but that's how people do it. You have to make it a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? He's making it not too complicated. So all he has to do is take some white out on papers and like (laughs) change a few letters. He's not a fool. The best lies have a little bit of truth in them. The Rockefeller's a push. So we meet... Socialite Roxanne West, who is well maintained for her age. She's very tan, blindingly white teeth. Oh, I want to be her. I at least want to be her friend and have a cocktail with her at the plaza. She says, when I heard the news, I almost fell off the elliptical machine. Okay, I'm in the East Coast now. When do I get to be a New York socialite? Is that happening soon? What do I have to do? I have to leave my house. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to work on this. We get it. You work out, Roxanne. That's what I was thinking. We get it. You keep it tight and right. Okay. I totally missed it. I missed that she said elliptical completely. I thought you were, I thought that was just a joke. She said that in real life? No, she actually said, I almost fell off the elliptical machine. Wow. Good for her. That's like saying I almost fell off the yacht. Like there's a few things that could be bad. I almost fell out of my Corvette. Like, I mean, do you know what I, it's like... I almost fell out of the sauna. Like, do, do you know, yes. it's, uh, there's a few yes. things that you can say that lead you to. The, okay. Elliptical's really not that bad. It's not. It's not. 
So she had met Clark at Clark Rockefeller at an art gallery of those Rockefellers. She said they became friends and he liked to send weird provocative texts to her. One of which says, in a submarine, crowded, strange, thought of you, pervert, or just the 80s. Pervert or Wes Anderson script. (laughs) That's kind of what that sounds like to me. This sounds like a little bit something that would be like a telegram in. Yes, absolutely. Also, I was kind of hoping he was on the Finding Nemo ride at Disneyland. It could be that, too. I have a question for you that's important. Are those Rockefellers the only Rockefellers? Is there like a Rockefeller in Fresno? I'm sure there are offshoots of the Rockefellers, much like Grey Gardens, where they have fallen on ill repair and the family probably doesn't talk to them anymore. I would guess that that happens a lot. They live in... Maybe anywhere. Central California. North Dakota. Yeah. Anywhere. Bismarck. Who knows? The friends seem to really think Roxanne, especially, thought that he was a Rockefeller. One friend said, well, look at his bone structure. He could definitely be a Rockefeller. I loved that. I loved that so much because it's you. How do you fight it? You have to pretend like you see it. You're like, oh, sure. How are you that familiar with the Rockefeller's bone structure? We are not in high society. Or do you just think he has good bone structure? And you assume they do, too. It's like a JFK John John thing where you're like, well, look at the bone structure. Yes. Okay. It's just a thing. And pretty much if you have money, you have good bone structure, either because that's just the way it is or you bought it. You buy it. I was just going to say. Yep. I'm just kidding. But yes. Well, for real, though. But yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. But yes. (laughs) So Clark, a.k.a. Christian was caught six days into his flight with Snooks. The fraud and the kidnapping and everything was big news. So now the police back in California are like, we need to reamp up this murder investigation from the 80s. Clark, Christopher, Christensen, what's the last? Gearhart Streiter. Yeah. Sits down with Natalie Morales, who does not age, looks exactly the same. Stunning. 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 He is wearing a prison jumpsuit and penny loafers. Maybe? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Because he's in one of those fancy prisons. Because somehow they allowed him to wear his own shoes. I Maybe his lawyer gave them to him. But they he is wearing the jumpsuit. That is another one of my pet peeves, which is the deep, deep V with no undershirt. So we just see a massive chest hair. I, again, I don't think he's doing that on purpose. <laughs> I don't think he is either. I just don't know if anyone is in prison wear attire as their profession, could they call us? Because is the V shape less likely to end up in a shiving accident than a classic scoop neck? Why the V? No, I think the V, I think I don't know what the air situation is. It might be a cool situation. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. I saw that movie with the Central Park Five. This could also be a choking situation. There's more area here. So if someone's going to, ch- I don't know. I mean. That's why I want to talk to the people who make the designs because it's always a V-neck. There's either zero thought that goes into it or so much more thought than you think there is. So it's one or the other. Generally, it's no thought and we try to make it into way too much thought. 
I feel like these are big decisions. Was there ever a season on Project Runway where they had to reinvent the prison jumpsuit? That would be so tacky. I would really <laughs> hope not. Make it work. Really, I hope not. No, there hasn't. One of our listeners, Samantha, was on Project Runway and she crushed it and she should have won. And she would have never done a prison challenge. Never. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Samantha. She's awesome. Natalie asks, I don't even know what to call him. C. Christian. His name is Christian. Okay, Christian. Are you a mystery man? And he says, I'd like to be known as a good man. Then you're going to need to change those glasses. Should we talk about the glasses now or save it for fashion police? Nope, let's save it for fashion police. He's wearing glasses. We'll just say that. He also seems to have dyed his hair slightly orange. Is it the lighting? No, because I saw roots. I could see brown roots and then it's slightly orange. So that ruins your plan of being a good person. I mean, I love a ginger, but a natural ginger. Well, then this makes sense for later. So he definitely dyed his hair when he went on the run with Snooks. Okay. For the Snooky run, he dyed his hair for that. So you're looking at, yes. You're looking at a truck stop bathroom hair job. Trying to be a disguise. Yeah. Like Sydney on alias. Yeah. Okay. So he admits to Natalie that he took different names, but says it was like a writer taking different pen names. Was it? Was it like that? Okay. She asks him straight up, did you kill John and Linda? And he says, I'm a pacifist. I'm a Quaker. I believe in nonviolence. I I can fairly, certainly say that I've never hurt anyone. But he just never says no. <laughs> just say no. I did not. What's worse, the vegetarian defense from a couple episodes ago. Oh. I didn't kill them. I'm a vegetarian. Or I didn't kill them. I'm a Quaker. It's a tie. It's a tie. Quaker shocked me. I was shocked. I was quaking. <laughs> what? Quaker? Why did you go with that? What a weird. He is a Quaker, though. We learn that he and Sandra got married in some sort of Quaker thing. He's not a real Quaker, Kimberly. No. <laughs> he is a ph phony Quaker. Phony everything. Yeah, he's a German Quaker. Fraulein Quaker. I don't know what to <laughs> like. It's a weird thing that, again, I feel like he went to a library, read up on something that could like explain away some of his stuff. Oh, I don't. He is a he's interesting. Yeah. OK, keep going. So investigators are still looking into this murder. So they look at a bunch of his friends in California. They hear from a friend from church because he was big at church. They always are. And says that he asked him to borrow a chainsaw. That's mysterious. No. And Dana said that one day they were having one of their trivial pursuit parties in the backyard and his yard was all dug up. And she said, why is your yard all dug up right there? And he said, I have plumbing problems. And this was right where they found John's body. So Oof. do you like to throw trivial pursuit parties in your garden Feet from where you buried your murder victim? Maybe in-person game nights aren't the best thing for you. I have something healthier, a fun way to challenge your brain without a body count. It's called Best Fiends. It's a matching puzzle game that I am obsessed with. You actually need strategy to win, and each level is different. I use it to unwind and challenge myself at the same time. So unwinding used to be shoving Cheetos into my face while watching an episode of Bob's Burgers that I've seen a thousand times. And that is still a solid backup plan. Absolutely. But 
with Best Fiends, I get to relax and think at the same time, which kind of tires you out in a different way so that you can fall asleep, et cetera, laugh, laugh, live, laugh, love, live, laugh, love, whatever you want to do. Last night I was stuck on an on a level and I was getting so frustrated. And then I heard a voice in my head, maybe a Rockefeller, unsure, said, try approaching this from another angle. So I tried a totally different strategy than I was doing unsuccessfully 20 times in a row. And I beat the level right away, which is basically a metaphor for life. Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. And I was so proud of myself and what my brain accomplished. I also love the graphics of it, the side challenges. I love the theme of the world that I'm in right now. They're like flying whales or something. And I don't know what's happening, but it's a trip. I like it. Also, amazing. recently, a bunch of listeners and I on Twitter exchanged ID numbers. And so now we're best fiends friends. And that means we can send each other gifts on the app and like little presents and stuff. It's almost like having real friends, but you don't have to leave your house. I love it. Best fiends is constantly adding new levels. And so it's not like this other game that I won't mention where my friend Catherine was on it and she would always be caught up and they she ha- would have to wait for them to add new levels because she was that ahead of it. This always adding new levels. For people that have like a normal, healthy relationship with games, it, this sounds like a fantastic fun time. It's really fun. So download the five-star rated puzzle game Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Come at me. Tell me what level you're on. I want to know. It's fiendishly fun. <gasps> you're a fiend. You're a good fiend. Best f- fiend. You're a good friend. I don't know what I'm going for. I should have just left it at what you did. You, that's usually what happens. I just make it worse. It's just the top. Just the topper. I have to topper. be the last one. That's why. Call me Topper. That's my new nickname. that's almost like tippy topper topper yep you're the tippy topper thank you best fiends you have become part of my self-care routine and i appreciate it we all do so the police still have to deal with the linda factor there were those postcards sent from paris by linda but they look at a motive what motive would she have had to kill her husband and did she have any means to disappear to paris and change, start a life over. No, she didn't. Right. So John is the suspect. He is put on trial. He hires some big shot attorneys and appears in court before a judge with a thick Hitler-ish mustache. It was a triangle, though. It was like starts little at the top and then much bushier at the bottom. It's a trapezoid. Trapezoid. Whereas the triangle top is, the top of the triangle is flat. And then there's a parallel line at the bottom. That is mustaches further. <laughs> yeah, it's not OK. By the way, we are going to cover this other episode, but you guys should go check it out. It's called Deadly Exposure. And the defense attorney has the an actual Hitler mustache. Don't talk about it yet. Don't talk about it. No, don't. Don't ruin the surprise. But just go watch this guy's mustache. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I don't know if it's worth doing the episode just for the Hitler mustache, but it might be. Let me give it a chance. Okay, it's really good. So prosecutors in the trial talk all about the bloodstains that they have found. There's a neighbor that had seen him burning something and said, what are you burning? And he said, carpet. So that's weird. Then they put on the stand this little church lady. Come on who, bless her heart, she's wearing a bright blue hoodie and a matching beret. That's good for her. Come on. Good for her. 
And he had tried to sell her a rug with the blood stain on it, to which I say, just give her the rug. Don't try to sell it to her, a stained, bloody rug. Give this poor little lady the rug. He had to get to Connecticut. He needed money. He needed gas money. That poor little lady deserves a clean rug. So they put on the stand the man who lent him the chainsaw and says that he borrowed it for several months before he returned it. Don't lend out your chainsaw unless you're really good friends with the person. Just don't. Just make it a rule to be like, oh, it's broken. Mm -mm. Just say it's broken. No one's going to question you. Ask Hank Hill what happens when you let someone borrow your power tools. It doesn't go well. Dale never returns those things. I'm talking about them like they're real people. But but don't ask, like if somebody, if an acquaintance asks you to borrow a chainsaw, I'm not lending. Also, he lives in suburbia in a guest house. What is he doing with a chainsaw? And and a cardigan. Like the whole look you're not lending. Don't lend him a chainsaw, man. That's not responsible. So Dana takes the stand. She talks about the lawn being dug up and how he said he had plumbing problems. Turns out there is no plumbing on that side of the house. So... We already knew it was a lie, but that's definitely a lie. There we go. He had a garden party feet away from where he buried a victim. Also, John's head, when they found the skeleton, had been wrapped in two university book bags. One was from USC because nothing good ever happens there. Just last week, Tucker went there and we know how that went. USC might need to be added to our bingo cards. I'm not sure. I'm... I'm thinking about it. You just made all those Trojans so mad at us. They're coming after Come us Come at now. me, bro. I don't care. Do any UC, USC alumni listen to this podcast? I'm just curious to know. Yeah, let us know. If any of you have a USC bumper sticker on your car, that's what I really want to know. Not a bumper sticker. The license plate surrounds whatever that's called. I know that there's a name for that. I just don't. I don't know. what License plate holder. I think so. What else would it yeah. be? You think it has a funny name like those things that are on the end of shoelaces? That have a name. I, I do kind of think it's called something other than Holder, but that's what I would bing. Yeah, like a flip pants or something. I would yeah, flip pants. Okay, there you go. Yeah. The other book bag was from University of Wisconsin at Milwaukee, and Chesterton had attended both of those schools. Oh, boy. Then after the murders, he was living like a fugitive, traveling, different names, all very suspect. He dated this woman when he was being Christopher Cameron Crow. He told her he was from Pasadena. He said his father was an anesthesiologist and his mom was a child actor. That's a bad lie to make up because it leads to more questions. What was she in? Do I know her? What does she do now? What? Why would you pick something so intriguing as a profession? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like calling yourself a Rockefeller. It would lead to more lies. It just make draws more attention. Your best bet would be to say that your parents died in a plane crash. Make it mysterious and tragic so that people don't ask a lot of questions. Again, why am I giving advice? I'm not sure. But you see why that's a much better plan. I think you say, you say, no, they work in business. Just business. Okay, absolutely not. Because that's... Uh, Business. To a normal They're business person. people. Yeah, she's going to say what kind of business, Kimberly. I'm trying to shut the conversation down, not lead to more questions. But if you make it tragic. So it's like if someone says, why didn't you go to work the other day? And you go, I had diarrhea. 
And then everyone just goes, okay. Right. It shuts it down. I say, I say he was a salesman. My mom was a a homemaker. Why are you hell bent on ignoring my very good suggestion? Because if someone said their parents died in a plane crash, I would be at the library microfiching it. That is too dramatic. It brings up more questions. Car accident is better because it's much more generic. Okay, car accident. But then you could also say it was, you can, if you're a decent enough actor, which he must be, you can make it so that it is a tragedy that you cannot discuss. Like I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't right. want to talk and about it. And now I fight crime at night. <laughs> I think he, I wish he had done that. That would have been great. So he okay, so this woman that he's dating says that he was paranoid and he was obsessed with privacy, especially after a detective had called asking about John and Linda's truck that had been traced back to him under the name Cameron Crow. <laughs> Christopher Crow. What was his name? Ch- Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. No. Sailing, <laughs> take me away to where I'm going to I wish we could insert music here. Oh, I I cannot do Christopher Cross justice. (laughs) So I I don't have the voice, but I have been working on my Aaron Neville. Oh, I can't wait. It's getting very. It was already top notch. So he says that someone was out to get him. That wasn't a detective. That was someone out to get me. Unclear who. Because my parents were killed in a tragic accident. And I fight like, crime again, at night. You can tie it all. He could have stolen the entire Bruce Wayne storyline. He could have just really done it. But he's, no, I guess he's not that smart. So he says we should get married and go into hiding. And she's like, maybe. Let's put a pause on that. <laughs> so let's put a pin in that for later. He grows a beard and a mustache and wore contacts. And she helped him color his hair. And then, because apparently he wasn't that good at going into hiding, they were trying to get a table at a packed posh restaurant, which is exactly what you do if you're trying to go into hiding. And he's trying to get a table. And so he says he is Clark Rockefeller. Yes, those Rockefellers. If you're wanting to go into hiding, don't use the most famous last name ever at a fancy crowded restaurant where a million people are going to hear you. Well, that one girl did. That one girl who was pretending to be an heiress. Yeah, she did it for a long time. And that was in the age of the internet. Yeah, she hid in plain sight or Mm -hmm. whatever. So this woman that is dating him wisely pieces out of the relationship. But he keeps the name. And he starts dating wealthy Sandra, who thought he was a Rockefeller. She testifies about their life together. She thought he was smart and funny and quirky. This is Snook's mom. So she's a Stanford graduate and has her MBA at Harvard, which they keep telling us to show how smart she was. But even she was fooled by him. They met at a themed game night. Again, just do best fiends. Then you won't run into sociopaths. Also do this game night because this sounds real fun. And I was so jealous. I was so excited. So what was the theme of this theme night? It was Clue, and it's one of Kimberly and my favorite things. Favorite and things like of all time. Movie and game. Yeah, it's upsetting. Because all time. Why have we not done this? I know. We were going to go to a dress-up, like, Rocky Horror-type night one time. But now I found out that they do Clue in the city I'm in, and they do it citywide, so Kimberly's going to fly out when that is. Yeah, but I also want to do the office tours. They do office walking mystery tours. Like the Scranton Strangler. We'll do like a bunch of stuff. Okay, we got to do a bunch of tours. We'll definitely do that. But 
I don't understand how this party worked and I needed a full breakdown because she is Miss Scarlet at the party and he is Professor Plum. Correct. Flames, flames <laughs> on the side of my face. Breathing, she, breath, he, heaving breaths. Heaving. There's only a few characters. Well, it's a small party. It's like a murder mystery party where you can only invite eight people. Is that how they did it? That it was a small dinner party and they only invited eight people, but then they didn't know each other? I feel like that would be something that you remember don't do with- when I had some murder mystery parties and I would invite a couple people from each walks of my exciting life. <laughs> like I'd have a couple people from work, a couple few people from college. And that's all I had because my life is not very exciting. I, I have no memory of those. So I think I wasn't invited. And now I'm you angry. were there. There's photographs. So I would invite some people from work that didn't know each other and some people from college and some people from the rave scene that I was part of. No, I wasn't. I had nothing else. So it was just those two. Work, college. <laughs> but you've got to put something else in there to get, get people guessing to see if they catch it. <laughs> and the raves. Okay. So... <laughs> But I don't understand. And my flag football team. I feel like it sounded like a bigger party to me. I see. I, I don't think, think people. It was smaller, but. Okay. Unless there, you can just do side characters. You can have the cook. You can have Yvette. You can have the. Wadsworth. Telegram girl. Wadsworth. You can have the motorist. Who You can have the cop. So I've just added five people. And also if there are people that you think might not want to play and they're part of a couple. So let's say Professor Plum could come with someone else. You know, everyone who has a friend that is married to like a really boring person who just tags along but does not participate in banter. Yeah, I don't really want to play. I just want to watch. Okay, those people. Those people. Like are Miss Scarlet's driver. But you know what? Props to those people because they know where their talents are and they know that socializing is not one of them. And so that's fine. Good for them. Yeah. They're not like trying to participate (laughs) and they suck at it. We just went to a murder mystery for our friend's birthday and it was a big party. Oh, yeah, that was fun. And not everyone had characters and she was smart and made up some characters and Oliver came at the last minute and ended up being the bartender. He Mm -hmm. was making drinks all night and I still thought he did it. (laughs) <laughs> so there's that. I still, I was convinced. But you just I was like, st- no. still think he did it in real life. So I thought, I basically thought he was playing in secret and no one was telling me. And I was like, he definitely did it. And this is a whole big like egg on my face situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But that's what I thought. Still could be. So, so the guy who did it was framed and <laughs> wrongly, wrongfully convicted. Wrongfully convicted. Catherine Zell- Kathleen Zellner is going to come on and take the case. So... She's dressed as Miss Scarlet. He's dressed as Professor Plum. They fall in love. Oh, I wanted pictures. We didn't get any pictures of that party. Dang it. Okay. Yeah. He oh, says well. he was raised in New York, went to Yale at 14 for math, because again, that doesn't draw more questions. These lies are too bit. He's cocky with the lying. He would say, oh, I, this Rockefeller's mad at me because we got into a fight when we were kids. Like to, and then- that's all he had to say. And she's like, oh, he must really be a Rockefeller because he knows the name of one of the Rockefeller that he's feuding with. So they got married, or at least she thought they did, because they got married in some Quaker ceremony. And he told her, I'm going to file the legitimate papers so that it's an actual marriage with the state and everything. But he didn't. So they were never married. She was making like over a million dollars a year. 
So she signed a bunch of blank checks for him because he said, you know, I'm paying the bills because I'm staying at home with our daughter. It'd be easier if I had a bunch of checks so I could pay our utilities and such. So he could just write whatever he wanted on these checks. He was living the life of luxury. But he did tell her he needed to be private because of his family, because it was such a big name. This is why you don't pick that name. You pick Johnson. But then you don't get to marry Sandra Boss, do you? No, that's true. If you don't have that name. Also, I was shocked by the way the Quaker came into play again. I know. I was like, what? Nice callback. Yeah, that shocked me. Mm -hmm. So he stopped flying on planes when they started requiring IDs because apparently you didn't used to need an ID to fly. So that makes me feel safe. Why? You weren't flying? I did. When did they start requiring IDs? 90s. Really? Yes. It was that late? I guess. Flying used to be a whole nother thing. People would dress up and it was big time affair. I still want to fly dressed up. And then when I actually fly, I just want to throw myself out of the plane because it's so uncomfortable. I have not been in a comfortable plane. I I don't remember if I've ever been in a comfortable plane. They're just, they're they're like, they're hellmouth. Yes, they are. No, they actual are. Am I crazy? They're terrible, right? They are hellmouths. Come fly with us on hellmouth. Now direct flights to Detroit. I just, it's so uncomfortable if you're going for more than an hour flight. Yeah. I don't know what kind of person can fly comfortably. Not I. I'm just too tall. I'm too horizontally challenged. If you're challenged vertically, horizontally, any if you have any challenge mm-hmm. to your personage, you're, it's Good luck to troublesome. You. Yeah. Yeah. So he also said strange things like, I will never go to California or Connecticut. I will not enter the state of Connecticut. My feet will not touch its soil. Also the same about California. I would not marry him. I'd be like, all right, drama. Get out of here. I'm tired of this. Now, if you'll remember, California is where the murder happened. Connecticut is where he was Christopher Crow and that truck thing happened. So that's why he won't go to those places. Because they found out that he took the truck. Okay, got it. He told Sandra, Sandra, that he his mom was a child actress named Ann Carter. And Sandra said, you told me her mom was Mary. So he couldn't keep his... Then he should say, well, it was a stage name. I think the first reaction is her name was Marianne Carter. Yeah. Perfect. Also, now there's internet. So you're definitely looking it up. Was she in anything? What happened to her? Did she die tragically like some child actresses? Has anyone looked up Ann Carter actress? Keep talking. So they were going towards divorce. She hires a private investigator, which is, I love it. There is an Ann Carter. Ann Carter was an American child actress who worked with dozens of film stars, compiling an, quote, unimaginably distinguished resume, quote, despite an acting career which lasted only slightly more than a decade. Wow, this is actually timeline lines up, too. How is your mom a child actress if you're a Rockefeller? Just a quick question, but that's fine. Let's keep going. So, well, she was a child actor before she married the dad who was a Rockefeller. I guess that's what you would say. Okay. So Sandra hires private investigators to look into him so they can get divorced. And they couldn't tell her who she was married to. So he stumped the private investigators. Wow. Now it's the defense's turn in the trial. They say he's a fraud and an oddball, but not a murderer, which is one of our favorite defenses. 
He's a horrible person. He's a liar, a cheat, a, a cheese. cheese, a liar, a thief, a cheese, but not a murderer. <laughs> we will never know what they were trying to say. He said cheese. Cheat. He was definitely trying to say cheat. Did you see the subtitles? I saw though? the subtitles. He said they they wrote cheese. A liar, a thief, a cheese. So <laughs> there's no fingerprints or DNA on anything that specifically points to him. They also questioned the blue hoodie grandma and say, well, you don't know for sure that that was blood on the rug. She said, no, I don't. And F you. Because she has attitude, because she's she's a little old lady who's from church. She's in a beret. I, I want to start wearing. When do I get to wear berets? You can start yeah. now. It's the year of the beret. So No, it's not. That's next year, and you know it. They bring up the neighbor, the chainsaw guy. He says he doesn't know what the chainsaw was for. Well, that's a good point, but he did still borrow it for several months. They say, okay, it wasn't him at all. It was Linda. Linda is not dead. She's missing and she's the murderer. But she's not missing at all because see this Amazon review for a pair of headphones that says my dog chewed them up. One star. See this question on Amazon that says, do these come in green? And the answer is, I don't know. I got the large. Sorry. Good luck. (laughs) That's Linda. She's been here all along. For our new listeners, Linda joined us a long, long time ago and she leaves the most pointless reviews of all time. Or ask questions. But she's well-meaning. Then they again say how big Linda was and how she could have killed her husband. I may have stood up and said, do not, how dare you, sir? That's quite enough. That is quite enough of that. I'm really upset. It really triggers me. I'm not joking. I was like, stop. Because you know in my dateline they're going to talk about that. I know it. They're going to be like, she's a suspiciously... She's a suspiciously large woman, and I'm going to be angry. It's going to lead people to believe that I was some sort of a giantess, and I will not. Yeah, you're not even that tall. You just appear very tall. There's that real show, My Giant Life, on TLC. That Those girls have something, but they're beautiful, every one of them. Even the drunken one that popped out of a box at a bar to surprise her boyfriend, and then he got up and walked out because he was so embarrassed. Yeah, I don't jump out of boxes unless you're sure about that. You got to be 110% sure that they're going to like that. So that's highly recommend that show, by the way. Let me know what you think. So was there trouble in their marriage? John and Linda. I don't think there was trouble in their marriage because they bought the new truck. They were finally making some money and they're planning that sci-fi trip. But they did say that Linda hated living with the drunk mother-in-law. So Sue takes the stand and they're like, you said she hated living with the mother-in-law. And Sue's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean she's a murderer. Screw you. You're talking about my friend. And also, she probably would have just killed Dee Dee. Right, exactly. It would have been pretty easy to kill Dee Dee and make it look like an accident. And she didn't. 100%. 100%. So, but then we have the issue of the postcards. Handwriting experts say that she was the writer. Of the postcards. We're seeing the actual postcards, right? Is what they keep showing us. Yeah, it looks like a, a woman's handwriting. It really does, for lack of better. Yeah, yeah for stereotyping genders here. It looks like a woman's handwriting in the 80s, 100%. Yeah. But so then I start thinking. Did it's he, in cursive. I haven't seen a cursive letter in a minute. Did he force her to write these letters? Or did she somehow. Well, she never was going to Paris. So. Oh, oh, I think I figured it out. Okay. 
Okay, because remember, she did tell her friend that there was a secret job, right? Right, but it was supposed to be in New York. Right, so he set that up. Right. So he kills them either they, on the the day they're leaving for the airport, whatever, John and Linda both think that they're going to New York for this secret job. Like when Jim sets up the fake mission for Dwight and Dwight's on the roof waiting for them to pick him up. Right, so what he did is because this was a secret government, I think he probably set it up like it was something for the FBI or the CIA. And because John was involved in the computers or, you know, was like, was interested in that sort of thing, mm-hmm. he kind of made that story happen. And then what he told, he probably had him write letters as well. But I don't know, maybe Dee, Dee never, they were in the house somewhere or something. But then he said, they're going to, you're going to Paris next. Or that we need people to think you're in Paris, but you're going to be in Kalamazoo. We need people to think you're in all these different places. So we're going to go ahead and write out these postcards. And And if that were happening, I would say, aren't you just the tenant in the guest house? But he would probably be calling them with fake accents and from fake numbers saying. Oh, yes. He's calling from pay phones. Yeah, absolutely. Stephen that works at the FBI. Right. I need you to do this. Probably a C name. I'm Agent Carter. This was a long con. He didn't get sloppy kind of until later. I mean, he was sloppy a little bit all along, but I don't understand why he needed to kill them. I'm still really confused on motive here just because he needed the truck. Right. He didn't get money. He just got the truck and the he got to live in the house for a while, but then he fled. So were they figuring out that he was? Was he getting money from Dee Dee? Like, was there an inheritance of some sort? Because he became close to Dee Dee after they left. He was schmoozing. So was he just trying to get the house left to him? Maybe just the house, though. Maybe just the house, the whole thing. But I don't think they owned the house. I think they were renting the house as well as. No, they weren't. They bought the house. No, but they were. No, that's why they had to. Right. But someone else Mm. was renting. I don't know if they owned the guest house, too. They must have owned the guest house, too. It's very straight. It's very elaborate to just try to get a house. But again, maybe he didn't have bigger like bigger ideals until late. I don't know. It's bizarre. We may never know. Maybe he knew California real estate was going to go up, up, up. I doubt it. Yeah, probably. I don't know. The health is worth a lot now. But where is Linda? We don't know. When, then they say our other favorite defense, which is my client is either too smart to do a crime this stupid or my client is too stupid to do a crime this smart. So in this case, they say, my client is supposed to be this master manipulator who has all these identities, but he buries the body right in the backyard where he lives. That's pretty dumb. He's He would never do that. He's too smart for that. So the prosecutors think that Christopher had sent had someone send the postcards from him in Paris because apparently he had done it before. He had sent a friend a postcard saying, England is so great. I'm a third 13th bar- baronet. And... But he was actually at USC at the time. So he had a friend send that postcard to impress them or whatever, because he's a pathological liar. I thought I thought he was just faking postmarks and stuff. So he did actually have a they had the friend yes. say that Yeah. Oh well then forget my idea. Maybe he didn't have her. Yeah, but he would out. they never explain how why Linda wrote them. So I think your idea makes sense. Oh, why they were written. Okay. Right. Or he did just do a good job forging them or found a woman. No, they passed a handwriting expert who matched it with her handwriting. Yeah. The jury takes only a few hours and finds him guilty. 
and he has very little reaction. He's been kind of fidgeting the whole trial and reacting to people's things by doing like these little faces, like grimacing and stuff, but not big reactions during the trial. No reaction to guilty. Yeah, not none that I could see just like blinks his eyes. Yeah. We learned that he had insisted his lawyers call him Clark. Okay. His lawyer says, well, the jury just hated him. They laughed at him. They didn't understand him. So they were just laughing at him. So because he's not likable, but he never got a fair shot. I don't know if they were laughing. I don't think they were laughing. Laughing might be. I mean, we are certainly laughing at him, but I don't know if they were. But Mm. they probably did hate him. Yes, he's very hateable. He is given 27 years for John's murder and Linda is still missing. Where is Linda? (laughs) Writing reviews on hiking paths in (laughs) Devil's Canyon or wherever we were. It was the Devil's Bathtub episode. Did we find her? Well, that's when we first discovered her. But I think that, yeah, this might be her. This might have been her. And the age seems about right. It does seem right. How old would she be? So we've solved Linda's. Yeah, we've solved it. We need to do an addendum to the Devil's Bathtub episode. I know. We found Linda just by mistake. We found Linda, guys. And it would be a big, like, your backyard type expose. Like, the killer has cut. We know who the killer is. Oh, my gosh. The thing that's awful in this is... It's a tragedy for Linda. Does Linda not have any family? No, she did. They reported her missing. She's just a missing person. Yeah. And he'll never tell because he's a monster. So that's awful. Yeah. Do we have time for a promo? We do. Let's do it. Great. Let's do a promo from another hit show from Abjack Entertainment, which is, that means it comes from Mike Morford, who you guys know from Criminology. He's our friend. He's awesome. That means he's legit. Like, not that he's our friend, that he has his own network and um, it's the opposite. Yeah, I was going to say. Him knowing us takes away from his credibility. That's correct. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. But this show is called All Things Crime and the host is Jared. And he works with crime scene investigators, homicide detectives, defense attorneys. He even talks to criminals. He talks to people who are wrongfully convicted. It's fascinating. He covers basically why that's why it's called All Things Crime. I get it because he goes into all things crime. I'm smart today. You're smart. smart Check out the promo, guys. I'm Jared Bradley, host of the new podcast, All Things Crime. I've been working with law enforcement, crime labs, criminal attorneys, and other investigative specialists for years, expanding their ability to collect forensics DNA from evidence and use that to solve more crime. Along the way, I've met thousands of professionals who have insights into crime and the investigative process that are beyond fascinating. I've set out to document those insights, give them a voice. In all things crime, you'll hear experiences from crime scene investigators, homicide detectives, seasoned patrol officers, defense attorneys, and even some victims, falsely imprisoned, and even criminals. Join us in this amazing journey as we explore, expose, and educate all things crime. Sounds great. Thanks, Jared and Mike. Thank you, Jared. I want to dedicate this episode to Maggie, who is our friend on Twitter. She's been a longtime supporter of the show and Patreon because she made us a BuzzFeed quiz, which is a dream that we didn't know we had until it came true, Jared. Say, I basically I told her to do it. it. Like, see, she was like, I think we need a quiz that says, Are you a Katie or Kimberly? And I said, Go for it. 
because I get really too excited about things like that. And then when she actually did it, I was like, she did it. And it's on BuzzFeed. Oh, I'm very embarrassed. It's not. I mean, you can just put things on BuzzFeed. It doesn't mean it's like official or anything. But still, a lot of people are taking it. Right now, it's about 50-50. It's the pinned tweet in our Twitter, which means I replaced the longtime tweet, which is Keith's reaction to someone saying something shocking. And he jolts his head back. And it's still one of my favorites. And I have had that up for a long time because it makes me laugh. I replaced it with this because that's how important it is. I'll also put it on Instagram and maybe on Facebook. That is very exciting. I'm just embarrassed because I get embarrassed about that stuff. But th- thank you for doing that for Kimberly. But <laughs> for Katie, too. And also, there's you can get a, a Kate Timberly. So if you get Kate Timberly, that means you're the best mix of both. I want to meet that person. A few people got that. They felt like unicorns. Oh. I'm hoping it doesn't like tear families apart and that sort of thing. You know, civil war. I may or may not have told my mom about it. I would like your mom to take it. I would like Oliver to take it. I'm going to have my whole family take it. I have a really bad feeling that both my mom and Oliver are going to get Kimberly. But that would make sense because I am drawn to that kind of personality. Here's the thing, though. I'm fine with that. Neither of Mm -hmm. them listen to the show, so they're not going to get most of the questions. Just like when my family tries to take the quiz, only my mom is going to get all the questions. So I can use it for guilt. Yeah. Oh, you would get that if you ever listened to the show. Oh, you would get that, but... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you don't. you don't know me at all. Yeah. G- good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. I'm just kidding. And then my aunt will be like, I'm a Patreon. I give you my money. I just don't listen. Oh, oh my goodness. Which is oh, kind of you. worse. Thank you, Roxanne. You don't listen, so you won't hear this, but that's all right. Let's do our B-roll bonanza. Thank you, Maggie, though. That's incredibly sweet. And thank you for being a supporter of the show. Thank you to all of our Patreons who support us. And just thank you to all our listeners, too. Really means a lot. Absolutely. It means a lot. There's so much competition out there that we actually have listeners. Still can't believe it. So B-roll. We have friends looking at loosely photos. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of just excellent loosely photos. So many good 80s shots. Chichester with party hats on his head like horns. Again, the tinted lenses. Seems right. We have a lot of crime scene photos of the yard being d- dug up. We do. We also have a close-up shot of his glasses and his eyes, which we'll talk about his glasses in Fashion Police, but it's a close-up haunting shot of it. It's so close. It's like irises right there. And I didn't need that. Yeah. We didn't get a ton of like B-roll that I noticed of, and maybe it's because maybe they didn't do this because it, this was Chris Thibodeau, or I'm sorry, what's his name? Who's Mike, our, who's our... Mike T- Tibibibi. Tibibi. T- Taini, Taibi. I got that completely wrong. Excuse me. No, I wrote it N2. So we didn't get a lot of like our interviewees doing action or if we did, I missed it. We didn't get any Folgers moments looking out the window, sipping coffee. We didn't get walking by bodies of water. We didn't get driving shots with the, the camera in the backseat, the camera close up on the hands, camera close up on the speedometer. Nothing at the police station. We didn't get anything that we normally get. Yeah, we didn't get lawyers doing lawyer things. We didn't get cops doing cop things. We basically got history photos of like people in the time that we were talking about. This is a different kind of dateline. Yeah, it was. Okay, fashion police. The perm. I'm sorry. It was just, it was a definite difference between when the perm was there and when the perm was not there. Right. And he also had those angry glasses, John. This is John, not 
Chichester, yeah. Sorry, John had the angry metal-rimmed glasses with the bar. They just don't look as severe on him. Because I think he was nice. Yeah, he seemed very happy. Linda and he seemed kind of adorable, honestly, and I kind of loved their wedding photo was adorable. I thought she didn't wear a white dress. They said they were very, like, individuals. Yeah. On Halloween. Yeah. She had on, like, a purpley dress and just a white little veil. Yeah, I loved it. Let's talk about the glasses that Chichester Rockefeller wears. Yeah. They are what I would call Buddy Holly glasses that would look good on someone else. They're bigger than Buddy Holly, though. They're a very large square. You know, if you had a wind-up little toy that was like a little cartoon bird and it was wearing glasses, that's what he would look like. That bird wearing glasses. Oh, you did already say that's like your Muppet thing. It is. But these are thick black Buddy Holly glasses. So these are thick black square, a little bit like Iris, if you know the woman I'm talking about. And these are the glasses he wears currently in his interviews with Natalie Morales. Iris Apfel, but they're squares. What they reminded me of, unfortunately, this is going to bring back some tra- some trauma for okay. all of us. Blood relatives. Yeah. The doll. The little gentleman doll has these square glasses drawn on. You're right. That's what they look like. They are these perfect cartoon, like black. The possibly Hispanic doll with the Sharpie drawn on mustache (laughs) and glasses. And glasses. That's what the glasses look like. They're Sharpie drawn on. That's. I really should memorize the time code because I feel like we might have to reference it again. I've posted it on Instagram. Okay, good. But that's what they look. And also, Here's the biggest question. There's my Instagram post, a side by side. I don't have to think too hard on this one. Oh, side by easy. side of the doll and Chester. Is it somehow related? I don't want to get into, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here. We've, but We are just... already down a rabbit hole. If you don't know what we're talking about, a double date with Dateline is our Friday episodes that we sometimes do. And we talk about an ID show called Blood Relatives and they have insane clues that pop up out of nowhere. And we are trying desperately on our murder wall of red string to figure out what it means. We think... There might be an intern that works on the show that might be in trouble that's calling out for help. (laughs) That is true. There's a lot of things that could be happening here. So my other thought is, does he need the glasses? Oh. Because the girlfriend that he dated said he got contacts. contacts. Wait a minute. Sorry, sorry. He's wearing glasses in the early days, the gradient glasses. Is he always have gradient or does he have clear on sometimes? Well, the Buddy Holly ones are clear, but... No, I'm talking about in the 80s photos. I think it's mostly the gradient tinted ones. And we think those are prescription? Or we think those are sunglasses that he's wearing They might just be sunglasses he's wearing inside the house to look cool. I'm just wondering how bad his eyes are because now I'm thinking that he wasn't actually wearing colored contacts. I think I assumed that when she said he started wearing contacts, but maybe... I just assumed he was wearing prescription contacts. You're right, because he's a glasses wearer most of the time. So to change his appearance, he would not wear his glasses anymore and wear contacts. All right. See, I thought I overthought that way too much. Or did I underthink it? But is this style choice of glasses to make him appear smart, rich, eccentric or disguise himself that or is it a couple of those things? That was my question. I don't know. It's a weird. They're very unique. He likes to be unique. But they're also kind of trendy for that time period. Whatever time period he's in, he kind of leans into that trend pretty hard. Were these the glasses of like 2008 when he got caught? I think so. Oh, okay. 
Remember Weezer did the Buddy Holly video? I, I don't know. The glasses kind of were confusing because for someone who's trying to hide in plain sight and pretend to be someone else, he really stands out. They're a very look at me frame. Right. Yes. No, I, but it's just like the name. He picks the most outlandish yeah. name. Rockefeller. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Alternative theory. Is it possible Dee Dee the mom did it? I don't know why. She's faking being drinking all the time. Oh, that's why it's so over the top in Miss Hannigan. And so she's actually the ones that did the postcards and all that stuff. Her and Clark are in it together. Lovers? Question mark? Maybe. Sugar mama? I'm not ruling that out. Baby? More just like con artist partners. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Just both not on the up and up. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the long con is here. I don't know what they're trying to get. What, again, I don't understand why he needed to kill these two people. John and Linda had very little to give if they were dead. Like, they were, they had a truck. That's all. I would like to know a little bit about his life before we meet him in San Marino. Where was he? Because they said, they slip in there that he went to the University of Milwaukee at one point. What when? But did he when really go? I kind of felt like he went to USC, but like he was kind of just auditing, <laughs> like he wasn't an actual student. He wasn't an actual student, didn't they say that? That he just sort of was No, I just got that impression because he would walk around like he said he went to USC. So we he was seen at USC, like that kind of so thing. So we know that he came over from Germany. When did he do that? 1980 something, they said. So I don't know how long he'd been in America, but he had he did not have a German accent. It was very slight. He had a slight German accent when he was talking to Natalie Morales. That's why people thought he was British, because they are all Yolandas. Are you serious? Or he faked it. Did you not hear it? It's very slight. I didn't hear it. It's very He sounded continental to me, which is also fits in with that Clark Rockefeller that you have this sort of act, this like Catherine Hepburn kind of Catherine Hepburn. Right. Very strange. Yeah. Did you I've I did have one quote. Oh, please. The defense attorney said it. And I it was in regards to the case. They said old, cold, still untold. Oh, the defense attorneys to say that I was like, okay, not (laughs) not too shabby. I like it. All right. Titles. I have really just no titles like. I couldn't get anywhere. I had you can. phony, not a feller. I don't well, even, there you go. Totally phony, not a feller. I don't even know. And then I had Chichester the molester. You have one more. You're just not thinking of it. I'm going to give you a hint and you can pretend like it's yours For from Clue. What would you? Professor Plum. Professor Phony. With the Professor Plum. With the. With the knife. With, with the, the chainsaw. Chainsaw in the backyard. Guest house. In the guest house. You did it. <laughs> Smooth. It was, it was like a bad lib. That was a bad lib title. But he actually was hit in the back of the head, so I think we have to go with lead pipe. Yeah, he was also stabbed, though. We don't know what the cause of death was. No, they said he was. it was blunt force trauma back ahead, didn't they? They were stabbed six times in the back also. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Professor Plum with the knife in the guest house. Yeah. That I really wanted to call the pool house because lead pipe and pool house sound good together. But all right. How about postcards from Paris? Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I have Chris Christian Gerhard Schreider Clark. That's his name, too. Whenever he goes out, the Quakers always shout, watch out, Chris Christian Gerhard Schreider Clark. <laughs> I like it. 
It took me a while to write them all out and I couldn't get all the names in. I couldn't get the names in because I, I couldn't even get I couldn't get Crow in. I was trying to get a bunch of the names and I couldn't the get Crow in first... too. <laughs> there are also, two Claras. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to out myself. I've done that before. I did it with another episode. It's one of our first episodes. It's going to be in the first if the first six months of this podcast, I did John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. So I just want to out myself now before other people out you. write it on the Internet. Okay. Like, you've done that. <laughs> Not original. You're a phony. How many times did I do some version of sex lies and videotape? 30. 30. There you go. Three times a year yeah. for four years. Yeah. So that's, no, that's not 30, but that's yeah. 12. 12. 12 times. Uh, <laughs> Baker's Dozen. They, great. Baker's Dozen is 13. Right there. Right there. So close. We're so smart, guys. <laughs> this was a good episode choice. Good job, Kimberly. I love the mystery men cases when people are assuming different identities. I am very sad for John and Linda, but this was a really fascinating episode. If you enjoyed this one, you I might suggest you go back and listen to the mystery man episode. Yeah. And yeah. he lied about everything. That one. Yes. Absolutely. Those were excellent. I would love for them to redo this case as a two hour with Josh or Andrea or someone. Not that Mike didn't do a good job. We didn't see a lot of Mike. No. We also saw Natalie Morales. It was very confusing. Yeah, well, maybe Natalie should come back and do... Oh, why don't we write Natalie and say, hey, could you revisit this case? You interviewed this guy. Maybe they have some more footage that we could use of that interview. And we could, like, maybe he's still alive and she could interview him in prison. And we could try to get more information. I'm definitely going to tag Natalie when, I, when we post about this episode. Because that would be fascinating if they would do a two hour and expanded more because you know there's so much more to this right like there's just gotta be it's crazy really good case i bet he killed his parents there i just said it yeah where are his parents does he have any family why did he come over from germany who'd he come with did his parents die is he batman yeah okay. i think that's it Nailed he's it. batman right, and linda is the linda from devil's bathtub We've solved so many things today. He is it's Bruce good. Wayne. It, yeah. This was a good day. Yeah. Forever. Except Bruce Wayne does not start with a C. That's the only problem. He might be Catwoman. He might be Clark Kent. There's a C. Oh, there we go. Except okay. I really like Superman. I don't want him disparaged like that. I know you do like Superman. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Follow us on social media at Date Dateline on Instagram and Twitter. And you can... Also, find us on Patreon if you would like to get extra episodes. We do an extra episode every month at our $5 level. And at our $10 level, we do some other fun things. Like live streaming video stuff. You can see our faces. And you also, get to see us. The easy, and you can even join Patreon at the $2 level just to support the show. And it's amazing. But also, if you want to support us for free, go to your app that you're listening on, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, because that seems to count more, and give us a five-star review and write something like Linda would write it, and then we'll know that it's you. Oh, yes, please do that. I would love it. If you haven't written a review yet, just do a nonsense one about yeah. something else. But yeah. yeah Went to this that. public bathroom. I was constipated. One star. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. And it's Mental Health Awareness Month, so take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Check in with your friends, family, see how they're doing and do practice self-care because it's very important. 
It really is. And uh, don't lend out your chainsaw. Yeah. Always good advice. Bye, everybody. Bye from Chichester. Chichester. <laughs> Phony baloney. Phony baloney, see? Chichester. Get him right in the kicker. I don't know. Hi, this is Kimberly. And this is Katya. Oh, so I should do, hi, this is Kimber. And this is Katya. Even though it hasn't caught on at all, but I'm still trying. So it's only been a week. I got to give it Let's time. Let's try it one more time for posterity. Hi, this is Kimberly. Nope. See, I can't get off of it. Hi, this is Kimber. And this is Katya. And you're listening to <laughs> A, a Date, Date with Dateline. Uh, also, we'll see if those names catch on. So his friends, John, uh, Christopher Christopherson, Christopher Christopherson's James Chesterton, James Chesterton. This episode is so full. If you guys have not seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, why not? Why not? It's so good. This whole episode is so James Chesterton. I couldn't get over it. Hang on. There's a helicopter. They are looking for Chester. Hi, this is Kimberly. Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. <laughs> I don't know how, which one's right. <laughs> Clap with me. Which one's right? Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. Why does it have to be the same every time? <laughs> because the way that you say it patterns how I say it and makes it slide up. That's why. I don't why. like it. <laughs> Three, two, one.